0: I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Uh, It's gonna be good. My my name's Elijah. I I have the honor of being the the next-gen director here at the Movement Church. That means I get to work with uh, youth and young adult, and it's the best time ever. I love it. Uh, And I I just wanna say, uh, Next week, I know Pat said it, but I want to plug again. Next week's going to be incredible, uh, just because we do. I mean, next week's the first Sunday of the year. Uh, Pat's going to be launching us into a brand new series. So we, as a church together, are going to be going into this new year with a direction, uh, together and a focus that Pat's going to be leading this new series. So be there next week. I'm excited about that because we we know. I think we can all agree the beginnings matter, right? They do. Uh, and at the same time the way we end matters as well, right? I, 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 that's why I'm here. I was excited about this Sunday specifically. I, I was honored to have this opportunity uh, because today on the calendar is kind of a special day. This, the final day of 2023 falls on a Sunday. That, that here together, we get to be here on the final day of 2023. And I, I don't know uh, what this year looks like for you, I don't know if you look back on this year, what emotion comes up inside of you, but what I do know is that how we end something matters. That endings are necessary. That that endings are important. And I know this to be so true, that the way we end one season directly determines how we begin the next. That that our, our next season in life, this next year, this next assignment, the next job, the next relationship is determined by how we steward now. And what I love is that we have the opportunity on the final day of the year to come together in pursuit of something bigger than ourselves, but the presence of God. And and this morning, my hope is that we would end this year and start the next with God's word. How many of you know our faith is built by God's word? We are strengthened by God's word. We, We are lifted up by God's word. It, I think some of us in this room can say, I'm alive today because of God's word. I, I made it through this year because of God's word, right? Creation, it, it, it came into existence at what? At God's word. And, and, and the word we're reading this morning is Isaiah 43. If you could turn there with me, I, I, Isaiah 43, the book of Isaiah. We're gonna have it up on the screen if you don't have it. Isaiah 43, 16 to 19. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They're extinguished and quenched like a wake. I want you guys to catch this. We're going to be parking this morning. God says this. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, in rivers, in the desert. He said, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. The the title of my sermon this morning is uh, Same Place, New Thing." Same place, comma, new thing. And if you could be so kind, tap your neighbor and tell them new thing. New thing. <laughs> I'm going to pray, and then, then, we'll, then we'll get into it together. Yeah, God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity we get to, to be in your house. God, your, your, your presence is felt in this place. I just ask right now, God, however close we feel or however far we feel from you, we just ask that in this moment. Uh, God, we would encounter you. Jesus, we're, we're here more than, than, than to, to just show up and fill a seat, but God, we, we want to encounter the living God. Even right now, just in our own hearts, when we be in a woke Jesus said. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity this is. God, as, as we read your word, God, we recognize this is more than just the old book. God is alive and it is active. God, that as we read it, begins to change us from the inside out. God, if this next year is going to be marked by anything, would it be marked by your word, God? So we come before you this morning. Open our hearts, God, where it's been hearted. For everything we're looking forward to, everything we're worried about, everything we're looking back on, God, we just take a moment to pause and say, Jesus, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. I'm gonna do my best to preach this morning, but I ask that you do the speaking, you do the talking in your name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Can we thank Robert and, and the worship team? Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you. Gosh, they kill it. They kill it. Um, amazing. I, I, I'll tell you one thing, one thing about myself. Uh, is I, I'm super thankful for my parents. I am. I, I love I love my mom. I love my dad. They're amazing. Uh, specifically, I want to tell you something about my mom. I, if you guys have a mom or a mother figure in your life, uh, you you could probably look at them and just be thankful that man, I'm I'm so glad, you know, you've kept us alive this long. You know what I'm saying? Like like mom, like sometimes moms are crazy. It's just like my, like my mom specific, My mom specifically, she 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 birthed. I'm one of five brothers. Okay, so that's that's like five boys all from her right it's like the more you think about it the crazier it get right i don't know it, my mom's amazing she's like the older i get i'm like man she's like superwoman you know and, and and it's awesome and my mom I, I felt like she did such a good job keeping us alive i don't know how it is in families with all girls but i know in a family with all boys uh, uh, i guess you could say testosterone is in the air right i i, <laughs> I can't i can't make this up um, on christmas eve uh, did you guys have a good christmas by the way Okay, good, okay. Yeah, on Christmas Eve, my wife and I went over to my, uh, my family's house, and it was, it, it was a good time, you know, we, it was so sweet and so warm, you know, we're by the tree opening presents and all that good stuff, eating cinnamon rolls, oh, it was, it was such a good time, and at some point in there, things started getting rowdy, someone was throwing a pillow at someone else, and, and it, it was getting, all, all of a sudden, I, I can't make this up, my, my little brother went through drywall, I'm not, I'm not, it's like, I'm like, whoa, it, it, it like, it happened. And my mom's like, it's okay. With She's, I'm like, "What? Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how she kept us alive this long. It's amazing. Um, I, I remember while growing up, I, I felt like there were so many times I could look back on where my mom was keeping me alive. Uh, there's one I want to share in particular this morning. I, I When I grew up for a little bit, uh, our, our family lived on the island of Kauai, and while we were there, man, I, I loved, I was little Elijah, I loved any body of water. All right? If there's water, you give it to me. If it's a hose, I'll drink it, right? If it's a puddle, I'm going to play in it, right? I, I love the pool, the ocean. I, I just love it. I love it all. Give me a lake, right? I'll jump in it. Anything. I loved it. Uh, and and I, I remember one time, my, my mom, she, she allowed me to play in any body of water except one type of water. I remember I was in the backyard, and we had a lot of these water sources, and my mom would say to me, Elijah, you can't play in that water. I said, Mom. Of course, I didn't say this. I was young, but you can imagine. I was like, "Mom, I'm trying to play in this water," and she's like, "No, you can't. Can't play in that water. Why? Why can't I play?" In and, and she would say to me, "She say, Elijah, that's the nasty water," and I'd say, "Mom, this is what I'm playing in. She said, "No, no, no, Elijah, you got you get, get it, get it through your head, man. That's the nasty water. You, you can't play in the, in the nasty water." And I, I said, "Mom, no, you don't understand." And she said, "No, no, no, you don't understand. It's a nasty water." I feel like. Uh, with most things with parents, you, you realize later in life what they were really saying. I, as I got older, I realized the nasty water that my mom was talking about was nasty because it was stagnant. The, the nasty water was stagnant water. We had this all over, just stagnant water. And the thing about stagnant water uh, is, is it's water that was once moving but is now sitting. And what happens when water sits for a long enough time is it begins to grow uh, disease. It begins to grow bacteria. It starts growing mosquitoes and stuff, and mosquitoes are from Satan, right? It's just all, all these things are terrible, right? <laughs> they like stagnant water. It's not good. So I, I get what my mom was saying. That's the nasty water. The, the reason why I, I, I say this is the principle is simple. Uh, What makes that water bad is its lack of movement. The principle is is lack of movement is dangerous. If we find ourselves in a place of stagnation, it's dangerous. And I I just, I I wonder, I want to ask this morning if, if maybe we're heading into this new year feeling stagnant. If we're heading into this new year feeling stuck, numb, spiritually dry, uh, somewhere along the way, we survived, but we lost our motivation, that, that, that I, it's not necessarily that I'm moving through life, but it feels as if life is now moving me, that, that I, I, I feel like I don't have the same fire I, I, I used to have, and, and we, we find ourselves going to this next year, and if we could be honest, some of us can feel that the only thing that's truly changing is the number on the calendar. That I'm heading into this new year, but I've got the same vices. The same ones that I said I was going to get rid of last year. We, 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 we find ourselves, it's a new year, but the, the same me. And we find ourselves in a place of stagnation. Stuck. We, we find ourselves in, in this place. Maybe, maybe this is you. Everything looks good on paper. You've got the spouse, you've got the kids, you've got the job, you've got the house with the white picket fence and the dog, you've got it all, but, but something feels stuck. We find ourselves stagnant. As we look at Scripture this morning, the book of Isaiah, I believe the change we need is not a change of location or vocation, but a change of perspective. See, all throughout Scripture, before God changed the place, God changed the person. And what we can learn from the book of Isaiah is this, that when we find ourselves in spaces, places, in seasons of stagnation, it's our job to press into the God who makes a way. It's not our job to predict that way or calculate that way. We don't need to know how when we know who. And we see this this morning that the Israelites were stagnant. The Israelites were stuck. If you could turn with me to Isaiah 43 here. I want to give you some context. Is that okay? The 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 Israelites were God's chosen people. God chose these people in the New, Old Testament. Why, why would God choose? Uh, certain people, the, the point is this, God was going to redeem the earth, and he was going to do so by choosing a part of creation to save the whole of creation, right? It's through Israel that Jesus came, and we are saved. Amazing. So God shows Israel, uh, and God said to Israel, hey, follow my commandments, and it's going to go good. I've made a covenant with you. He made a covenant with these people. What happens? The Israelites begin to rebel. They've been saved from slavery in Egypt. They're going to the promised land. They've made it to the promised land, but they are rebelling against God. So what does God do? God raises up a prophet. What's a prophet? A prophet is God's mouthpiece. If God wanted to say something, he said it through a prophet. Leonard Ravenhill says that uh, uh, prophets are God's emergency men for crisis hours in history. Right? Uh, There's an emergency, so God is speaking through this prophet. This prophet Isaiah, what does he do? He prophesies how God is going to judge them and how God is going to comfort them. So I want you to imagine this. These Israelites, they have been judged by God because of the rebellion. They have now been taken over by Babylon. Babylon was this amazing, rich empire that did not follow God. They had foreign gods. But I want you to imagine this. Israel, because of their rebellion, like Isaiah said, is now taken over by Babylon, ripped away from their homes, ripped away from their jobs. They're in a foreign land with foreign gods. I I, I was not there, but I can imagine the Israelites felt stuck, stagnant. The Israelites, I, I can imagine, were asking, maybe these Babylonian gods are stronger than the God we were following. Maybe our God really wasn't who he said he was. Maybe this is where I'm actually supposed to be feels stuck and it is it is in this context that god says who makes a way in the sea a path in the mighty waters who brings forth chariot and horse army and warrior they lie down they cannot rise they're extinguished and quenched like a wake what, what is he saying here god has taken them back to egypt to the red sea hey i want you guys to remember the god who's about to speak is the same god who saved you from egypt The God who's about to speak is the same God who took you through the Red Sea. Are you guys with me this morning? Okay. And he says this. Yeah, I'm the same God who took you through Egypt. I want you to hear this. God says this to them. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why? I am doing a new thing. He's like, hey, I'm the God who saved you from slavery and you're in slavery again, I want you to remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Huh? Why well, was God saying, you ever met someone who just like, you, you feel like they're just living in the good old days at all times? This, this is what I mean. I mean, like, I've had conversations with these type of people where you're like, uh, you know, hey, I, I, love, I love what they're doing here. I love how this looks. And like, ah, you should have seen how it used to look. <laughs> they don't make it like they used to. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like, wow, man, I love that they're doing this. It's amazing. Oh, no. Back in the good old days, used to be a lot better than this. It's like, okay, what about these days, right? It's like, you know, it's like stuck in the good old days. It was as if God was saying to the Israelites, hey, you're stuck living in the good old days, you're stuck living in what I did in Egypt. You're stuck living in when I saved you from the Red Sea. You're not there anymore. I don't know if you've ever felt this in your faith before, when you first started following Jesus, and you just, every time you opened up the Bible, the word just spoke to you, right? Every time you got into worship, you just started crying, right? You just got goosebumps every time you heard the name Jesus, right? You ever felt that before? Or, or, or maybe, you know, you just you were, you were on fire for God back in the good old days or, or maybe for you it's not a positive thing, but but you feel like you're stuck in the past, past shame, past guilt, past hurt, past things that were done to you. We're stuck in the the past. See, I I, I believe that often what, what, what God is trying to show here in Scripture that, that that sometimes what keeps us from the new thing is the old thing. And it's it's not bad to live in the past. I mean, it's not bad to look at the past. It's not bad to learn from it, but we can't live there. In other words, uh, the past, it's a good teacher, but it's a terrible master. The problem for us is when we begin to take residence in what we are only supposed to use as a reference. God says, no, 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 no. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why is God saying this? He's saying, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why is he saying this? I believe in seasons of stagnation, the temptation is to dwell on what once was instead of who God is. So why is God saying this? God is saying, hey, remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Why is he saying this? I believe God is trying to get their eyes off of it and their eyes onto him because when our eyes are on him, it does not matter what it looks like, does it? The, the goal of the Christian life is that we don't love God for what God does. We love God for who God is. And if we love God for what God does, what happens when God stops doing it? Oh, but When we love God for who God is, it does not matter what God does. So you and I could step up in this new year and say, hey, God, I believe you're going to do it, but God, how you do it is up to you. God, I believe you're going to do it, but even if you don't, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know who you are. and, and, And I believe God was saying this to get the Israelites and ourselves in the position of saying that our assurance is not in it. Our assurance is in him. Because it's God who's doing the new thing. It it says right here, God says, Hey, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why? Behold, I right now am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. We love new. We we love new things. It's not like a weird thing, it's like human nature. Right? We we love new. We love what's next, right? Uh you, you've heard it before, maybe you've already said it. New year, new me. Right? We we say that, right? It's like New Year, new me. Yeah. Last year's a little bit different, but this year. It's the new me. Start taking ice baths and running six miles a day and waking up at four a.m. Just it's new me. It's like, you know, like, I it's, it's not. It's not wrong. Like I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say, like, yes, amazing. Discipline is amazing. I think we all need discipline, right? But, but I, I think that the tendency is to think that that we are the ones who make us new. I I don't make me new. God God sends scripture here. Hey Israel, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. In other words, culture can copy. The devil can distort. Humanity, we can repackage. But because only God is the creator of things, only God can make a thing new. Are you with me this morning? He says, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a new thing. And, and I, I believe for some of us, this is just simply understanding that it is by God we are made new. And it is by God we are being made new it is by god we are made new justification it is by god we are being made new sanctification that is by god man we've been made new through christ and it's by god we are looking like christ more and more every day it is it is god who's doing the new thing I, is, I believe there's some of us in this room who could say it, it was God who did a new thing in me. It was God who did not just take me f- from bad to good. It was God who took me from dead to life. It, it was God who said, hey, I, I'm not going to leave you where I found you. I'm doing a new thing. It was it was God who said, I, I'm not going to uh, keep my presence in a, a temple. I'm doing a new thing. It was God who said, my mercies are new every morning. It was God who said, the latter shall be greater than the former, right? It, It was God who said, I will restore unto you everything that the enemy stole. It is God who's doing a new thing. And I think we need the reminder this morning that God is not a God of second chances. He's a God of new things. And I believe God is doing a new thing in us. It's in his nature. Theologians call this the God who is inexhaustible. He cannot be exhausted. All we know is things that can be exhausted. Time, money, gas, come on. But God is inexhaustible. To to look at God is to see something new. To to look at him is to see something new about him, right? He's inexhaustible. That's just who he is. And, And I believe some of us, we can hear a message like this. We can hear a sermon like this about, hey, you know, God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. We think, okay, whew, maybe I gotta quit my job, and maybe I gotta move states, move to Texas. What? <laughs> what? No, it's what everyone's doing, right? Maybe I gotta move to Texas. I, I got Maybe I gotta move to Idaho or something. I, right? I, God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing, right? And I, I love it. It's amazing. Maybe you know, but I, I think. I think the, the thing that maybe God is trying to speak to us this morning is actually that we're seeing it wrong, and that actually we would we could have the same spouse but a new marriage. That that hold on, hold on this one. That, 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 that you and I, we, we would have the same workload but a new prayer life. We would have the same income but a new dependency. That we have the same city but a new thing. The same church but a new thing. The, the same family but a new thing. That, 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 that we don't need, a, God doesn't need to give us a new thing to do a new thing. That, that, that maybe God's heart is not to give you something to love that maybe God's heart is to fall in love with what he's already given us. Yeah. yeah, this morning that God is saying, I'm doing a new thing exactly where you're at. Same place, new thing. Same place, new thing. If Robert, if you could join me up here. I just want to begin to close. He, he, God says here, he says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I love this. He says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? I love how God asked that question. You know how God never asks a question to get information? No, he, he asks a question so that we get the information. God, God says, no, no, I, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? That I, I think that's that change of perspective that... Man, it, it, it's actually on our end of perceiving. He says, I'm doing this new thing. It's happening now. Do you not see it? It's, it, it's not a questioning of, of God's provision or, or God's providence, but, but it's, it's our perspective. Are, are we in a place where we're saying, God, I'm, I'm ready for you to do what you're going to do? And then he says this. He says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. What's this new thing that he's doing? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'll make a way in the wilderness. He was saying this to the Israelites. He said, hey, I know you're in Babylon. I know you're in the wilderness. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. I'm making rivers in the desert. That's a new thing he's doing. Um, just this morning, actually, uh, we, we get here a little early because my, my wife, she, her and the worship team get here early, so I, I tag along. And uh, right outside, I, I, was, I was walking around the campus, and, the, and the right outside, there was a man outside. Uh, he was just walking around, and I don't know if you guys felt the temperature, but it's cold this morning. It's California cold. You know, you're like, <laughs> we have got the parkas on this morning. And anyway, this guy this guy was outside, you know, no jacket. And I'm like, what's going on, man? How you doing? And I hadn't seen him before. And he said, you know, uh, he just told me, yeah, I mean, I'm about to call tonight. Oh, it's morning, right? So, uh, okay, okay. What's, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I'm about to call night, You know, just do my thing. Started talking, started asking about his faith. Invited him to church, and he said, Nah, man. I don't know if I don't know if I can walk in those doors. What do you mean? Ah, man, I, I don't know. I, he began to tell me. He said, I, I, I he, he. These were his words. I, I chose a path, and I've just been in that path, and I don't know if I can really go inside. I don't know if there's really, you know I, I've just been here for so long. He even said this. He said, I, how, how could how could God make a way in this? These were his words. How could God do something with this? I, I've, been, I've been here for so long. I found that interesting, especially this morning with the scripture. It was God who said, the new thing I'm doing is I'm making a way in the wilderness. The, the, the wilderness is a massive theme throughout Scripture. When you read the Bible, you'll see something about the wilderness. It's a massive theme. What is the wilderness? I want to tell you that the wilderness, it is not a place of death. The wilderness is a place of doubt. What do I mean? I mean, whenever you see a wilderness, it is not necessarily you questioning if you're going to die. It is you questioning why you've been here so long. And maybe the wilderness is something we can find ourselves in and we find ourselves asking ourselves, why have I been here so long? Why have I been stuck in this so long? Why have I been stagnant so long? Why have I been allowing this so long? Why has this been happening to me for so long? Why have they been speaking this way for so long? See, it's hurt before, but it's never hurt this long. So we begin to ask God, rightly, we begin to say, God, how are you going to do anything with this? We, we begin to try and predict and calculate how God is going to do something and make a way in this new year 2024, right? We, uh, mate, I believe we get stuck trying to predict how God is going to move. And, and I, I believe in the book of Isaiah, we learn from this passage that when we hit spaces, places, and seasons of stagnation, it is our job to press into the God who makes a way. It is, however, not our job to predict how he's going to make that way. Why? It does not matter how. I don't need to know how when I know who. It was God who said, I will make a way in the wilderness. Can I tell you this morning? That the same way that God made for Israel is the same way that God made for us. Can I tell you that it was through Israel came Jesus, and Jesus identified himself as the way. The earliest Christian followers were called followers of the way. The, The way has a name, and his name is Jesus. Why? why? Why do we need a way? Why? I, I'll tell you why in the very beginning God created the earth. God created humanity to, to, for relationship on this earth. God created relationship with him and God said, I, I, I'll give you a commandment. One, you follow this, you get life. You, you don't follow this, there's death. And what happened? Humanity chose outside of God because of Adam. Any normal generation born out of Adam is now born into sin. So so what happens? We've now got sin. Can can I tell you, the the problem is not the problem. The the problem in your family is not the problem. The problem at your job is not the problem. The problem with the gossip is not the problem. The problem is sin. And, And you and I, we stand guilty before a holy God. A holy God cannot be near this sin. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All like sheep have gone astray. And we find ourselves in need of a way but John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever should believe shall not perish, but have life everlasting. For he did not come to condemn the world, but that we might find life in him. It was God who said, In his grace and mercy, I'm making a way. It was God in his grace and mercy who said, I'm going to call out this people so that through this people, everyone might be redeemed, and you and I are being made new like Jesus. We're given this opportunity for life on earth and life in eternity, and can I tell you, there will be a day where we are not just saved from the penalty of sin. There will be a day where we're not just saved from the power of sin, but there will be a day where we are saved from the, uh, the, the, the presence of sin itself, when we will be glorified with Jesus and the new creation. It is this day, the gospel that we stand on. This is the way that we believe. This is what we stand on and the church is built upon. It's the way in the wilderness. And we have the opportunity as God's church, as God's people to sound, I'm going to follow the way. I'm following Jesus. If you could stand with me this morning. The call is simply this this morning. Can we press into the God who made a way? Can we press into him this morning? In this new year, what it we marked as a year of pressing into the God who made a way? God, our eyes are on you, who you are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray for a moment. I believe even now that, As we read about rivers in the desert, that God wants to minister to places that have been dry, places that have been dormant, places you've felt stuck, even now. If that's you, I just want to ask you, put your hands out in front of you. I want to pray, God, would you meet us right now, each and every person in this room? We're not sweeping it under the rug. God, I just ask right now that your Holy Spirit meet us in this room. Every area that's been dry, every area that's been dormant, God, I ask that you speak specifically for marriages right now. God, I pray for marriages in this room. God, I pray for marriages that, that that have felt like they've gone stale. Marriages that have looked more like roommates. God, I pray for those right now Questions that have been coming up, God, I thank you for the fact that you're not just present in church, but you're present in the house. You're present in our families. God, as a church right now, we ask for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Because our heart is that we don't just meet you in this room, but it's from this room that we step out as your church and say we are after your presence, we are after your people, we are after your city, we are after the lost, because God, it is your Holy Spirit that is after us. I pray right now just for for children, any, any, any kids who have been doing their own thing. Thank you right now for your Holy Spirit. Thank you right now for your fresh water hitting dry places. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, don't we just recognize right now that you're a good God. God, that you're good. No matter what we've seen, you're good. No matter what it looks like, you're good. You've always been good. Your track record is good. Your future is, it is good. God, it's just who you are. So for every dry place, God, we in this new year as your church as the movement church, choose the movement. God, we, we choose the way towards you, the way towards Jesus. Jesus, you are our one desire. Jesus, you're our heart. Jesus, our attention is on you. God, we are in pursuit of you. We just asked that we walk by your grace. God, would it be your grace that guides us? So even as we walk out of this room this morning, we're walking with your grace. Each and every morning, each and every morning, we wake up and say, God, we need it. (laughs) We need it. We thank you, Jesus. In your name, everyone said, amen. Hey, if you need some prayer, please come up. we got some prayer team on the side here. We'd love to get to pray with you. Uh, And we'll see you guys next week for our brand new series with Pastor Pat. You guys have a good rest of your Sunday. Happy New Year.